Americans traveled over the holiday weekend. Well, more than they have since the pandemic began. All but shut down the sector last March, right? So to discuss what's going on now with the airlines and outlook for summer travel 2021, let's bring in Tim Lesko, partner, Granite Investment Advisors, and Matt Maley, Managing Director, Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tabak & Company, founder The Maley Report. Well, it's real. 1.9 million people flew yesterday, only 600,000 less than on the same day back in 2019. So how close are we now to normalcy for the airlines? Matt, I'll begin with you. Well, I mean, the, obviously, one of the big things we have to worry about is, is business travel, because that's not back to normal yet. And it, it, they've right. got quite a ways to go before that happens. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things we do worry about as well is that these a lot of these stocks have, tra have already ra rallied all the way back to their pandemic highs. I'm sorry, their pre-pandemic highs, or at least relatively close. So you wonder how much of it is priced in. At the same time, though, I just, you know, the, the, the thing is that people spend so much money on merchandise on stuff to put in their houses, where it might be. And now, you know, they really want to spend it on experiences. Now, experiences, some of that may be just going out to dinner, but a lot of it is also getting getting out of Dodge and getting, whether it just be, you know, doesn't have to be far away, but just a way where they can at least, un, you know, unwind a little bit. So I think this thing is certainly a positive. It's going to get, it's only going to grow as we go through the year. And, you know, again, I would like it better if the stocks, you know, we can talk about it Further specific names, but American Airlines one that has been lagging behind. That might be one to really play. Uh, but at the same time, I just think that uh, uh, this is gonna, we're going to see a shift to this uh, again, this experience type spending rather than uh, mm -hmm. you know the stay-at-home merchandise spending that we've seen over All right. the last year. All right. We'll talk more about American Airlines in a minute. Uh, Tim, when we look at what's going on here, I know that you followed love very closely, right? That was a name that you owned. I mean, do you think some airlines are positioned better than others? This as we have the return to travel and business travel, to Matt's point, seems, uh, I would say, people are saying still far away. Right. And, and I think so far we've seen a, a large return to leisure travel, and it's really benefited domestic airlines like the Southwest Airlines or JetBlue, those that have a mostly domestic framework and have the flexibility to add and subtract flights as to where people are going. Um, the next leg of it, though, is probably international travel, where you look at the Deltas and the Americans that have large hub and spoke systems that go internationally. The recovery from COVID is very spotty globally. So it's going to be very airline specific as to whether or not they have a high European content or a high Asian content to figure out who's going to be the next beneficiary. But to Matt's point, they've already all basically gotten back to where they were pre-pandemic. And now it's a question of whether they can earn into some of the debt they took on in order to survive the pandemic. Yeah. Matt, tell me a little more about American. That one seems to stand out to you for some reason. Well, more on, uh, I must admit, it's more on a technical basis uh, rather than, than than a fundamental basis. Some of the there, there, I mean, there's some reasons why they've been lagging more than, than some of the others. Uh, but the thing is, it is still 20% below uh, where it traded, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. Where a lot of these other stocks are either at levels or just barely, you know, just a percent or two below their old their, uh, their pre-pandemic levels. So with 18% upside here, you can see the stock. The March highs was uh, between 25, about 25 and a half, 25 and 26, and it, you know. 
know, on a technical basis, it's made a couple of higher lows and higher highs. That's po that's positive. So it can, if we can follow up uh, this most recent uh, uh, series of higher lows and higher highs with another important higher high, it's going to gain even more momentum. And uh, you know, if you look at the trend line, it's well already well above the, the trend yeah. line going back to uh, all the way back to 2018, actually. So on a technical level, you know, there's a lot of money uh, you know, packed away in these momentum uh, strategies. And if you get a breakout in a stock like this in a stock that's been lagging, it's going to attract a lot more money than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, Tim, I mean, these companies have certainly acquired a lot of debt, right? The debt positions for some of these airlines are um, not great. So you tell me, I mean, how concerned are we about debt for the airlines? <laughs> well, I guess globally, we don't seem to be all that concerned about debt in any area of the economy. <laughs> yeah, but right. as a stock, it's really to look at the future profitability of companies. And as their cash flow comes back and their debt service in some cases has tripled or quadrupled from what it was pre-pandemic. They needed to take on the debt. I think they were hoping that some of it would be grant money that they could then just write off after this so they didn't have to pay investors back. But there's enough appetite out there for decent yielding debt that they'll be able to manage that debt pretty well, but it will be a bit of an overhang on earnings. So as we come out of this, you have to see that they've been able to restructure their financial position to fly more efficiently with fewer staff and less services in order to grow better margins with higher debts. Yeah, absolutely. Can we move to hotels, cruise lines? Um, Tim, I'll give you the first deb on this one. Tell me about anything that's jumping out at you as an opportunity. Well, certainly cruise lines are cash flow generators. They're cash cows for companies. Um, but like the airline industry, they take on a lot of debt to own those boats. They don't own them outright. They're all financed. So every day they're not sailing is a cash burn. And it's been longer for the cruise lines to get out of that cash burn mode only because they don't know what ports are going to be open. Very hard for people to plan a cruise if you're not sure if the cruise ports are going to be open six months from now or 12 months from now. The good part for yeah, them Matt. is... Yeah, Matt. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, just people love cruises, so they keep booking them. Sure. Yeah, they do. I mean, they really do. Matt, I know you're watching some technical analysis and, and watching for some even more bullish signs for a name like Royal Caribbean, for example. Tell me more about what you seem to like and why. Well, you know, again, what Tim is saying is absolutely true. I mean, this whole uh, debt issue is a concern. So if the overall market pulls down or if, you know, if we, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, we're not going to get the same kind of growth we had in, uh, you know, in the second half of this year, that we're not seeing that right now, right now at all. But if for some reason that does develop, that's going to be a concern. But again, you know, we, we talk about what, what these stocks have done. They are, uh, you know, Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise, both well behind, well below their um, pre-pandemic highs. So they have a little bit more, more further to run. But, you know, obviously, again, there's a reason why they've been lagging further behind because of these issues that Tim talked about. I mean, they're, they're, they're not they're not they're not cruising. Uh, planes uh, planes are flying. Uh, but it does give us some more upside potential here. And uh, Royal Caribbean is making a new higher high. I talked about that in American Airlines. Uh, and so, again, that's a, that's a type of uh, thing that the momentum players and a lot of these guys who just have the algorithms that tell them what to buy uh, is, is very bullish for them. And also, I would say Carnival that, that I didn't really highlight 
in my note that I sent you guys, but you mentioned it in the preliminary comments, and it's very true because Carnival Cruise has actually been lagging behind Royal Caribbean, and it is it has also made a recent higher high. So that actually might be the better play because not only does it have some upside potential, but some people it probably has some catching up to do with Royal Caribbean. Again, that's more technically based, but again nowadays with momentum players playing such a big impact on the market, that those momentum and technical analysis can be even more yeah. important than it usually yeah. than it has been in the past. You know, the other thought, too, is the run-up that we're seeing for gas and energy prices. Tim, a quick thought? Well, I think that's going to be the next headache, really, for the airlines and the cruises is the cost of those fuels. We still have an oversupply in energy. So even though those costs have come back to, say, 2014 kind of levels in oil, um, it's still not the $120 a barrel that we saw previous to that and in such a difficult part. It's a, it's a big part of their bill but not nearly what it could be. The world is still oversupplied oil. Yeah. Now, yeah, Matt, tell me. Yeah, well, uh, Tim's uh, add quickly to Tim's comment is that you know if people always assume that the energy, uh, energy when any, uh, oil goes up, it's really negative for airlines. But that's only if it's if it's a, a supply issue. If it's a demand issue, uh, that means the economy is getting better. So if you look over time, that it's usually these uh, uh, airlines and fuel costs they tend to trade in the same in in the same direction more often than not. It's kind of a misnomer on Wall Street. Uh, again, if there's a, a supply issue, then it's a, then it's a, uh, you know, like we had in the 1970s, that's a big difference. But more often than not, these trade, these uh, things trade in the uh, uh, in the same direction as one another because the, if demand is is good for uh, oil, it's good for airlines too, and uh, they both tend to move. So it's not as big a problem as I think a lot of people yeah. realize. And plus, they they also do a lot of hedging as well. These airline companies. Great to chat with you both, Tim and Matt. Thank you, Tim Lesko, Granite Investment Advisors, Matt Maley, Miller Tabak and Company. Thank you both.